All right, everyone. How you doing? Um, uh, Sergio, the Dodgeball Podcast. And here with me, I have the sound of every episode you've heard from season three onward. Um, the drummer from Archetypes Collide. Tyler, how you doing, man? I'm, I'm well. How are you today? I'm doing fine, man. Um, I just want to give a little rundown to anyone uh, listening. Uh, since season three of the podcast, regardless of whatever episode you've heard, from the beginning to its end, you've often heard the sound of Archetypes Collide. And I have the pleasure of having the drummer of said band, who's been a strong member of the community for a long time. And I wanted to give him his opportunity to immortalize his story as well as talk about his band uh, today. So, Tyler, man. Sorry, one more time. Oh, um, when was the last time you played uh, dodgeball? Uh, so, besides last week, I actually went to an open gym here out in Phoenix uh, with Cactus Dodgeball. But before that, uh, it had been, uh, I want to say, several years. Um, just because I had some shoulder complications and I was pretty much choosing between <laughs> drumming or continuing playing dodgeball. Um, so it, I'd say it's been, you know, a few years besides last week. <laughs> um, how, how was, how was that like a few years? Um, without playing dodgeball. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. Uh, I mean, it's just in general, it was hard cause it was something I, you know, growing up, I wasn't super athletic. I tried baseball, basketball, soccer, and nothing really, um, <clears throat> excuse me nothing really stuck. And so, uh, growing up, I started listening to more music and in high school, I kind of found I had a passion for drums and started playing. And then soon after that found out, Oh, there's dodgeball leagues in Arizona and, uh, started getting involved with that. And so now, you know, being involved with dodgeball for, I think it was about four to five years, I was really getting into it and find out my shoulder wasn't holding up. So I had to either fix my shoulder, figure that out, or kind of drop one to continue the other. So, um, not playing dodgeball for a few years, it, it, it was it was tough because I did have a lot of enjoyment with the community and the people I was playing against. And um, there's a sense of, you know, like I said, community that you just can't really, you can't really find, you know, being in a band is kind of similar in this in the same aspect. Uh, you got that community of like the local scene in, in your state and, you know, your family that you play with like the five, you know, four or five dudes that you uh, play music with. So I guess they're similar in that aspect. So. Uh, yeah, I would definitely have to agree. Um, sort of similar in your position. I do sound engineering. Uh, so I did some sound checks for local venues out here. And I can tell you that the camaraderie between a band and a team is not too not too different. Um, not at all. Uh, you guys have crazy road stories you can share. I'm sure dodgeballers have crazy carpool stories they can share. Fun oh, yeah. moments, ups and downs. Um, there's quite similar um, aspects in that regard. And oh, it yeah. sucks, man, uh, picking between one or the other because your shoulder is falling apart versus, you know, most of us who haven't been playing in over 16 months. And mm -hmm. that's eating at us alive. And I can't oh, yeah. imagine what it feels like physically to have to choose between one or the other. Um, but uh, I wanted to ask, what got you into dodgeball? So when I first started playing dodgeball, it's actually funny. My buddy from uh, – so when I got – I got a job at Chick-fil-A when I was 16. And I met a guy <laughs> named Cody there. Um, who's not affiliated with dodgeball at all. Just a, just a friend I knew like a decade ago. Um, big supporter of the band, but he essentially took me to a trampoline park called Jump Street. I know a lot of people in Arizona know what Jump Street is. They have like cloth balls. Um, mm. So I started playing there, learning how to do backflips and whatnot, but slowly kind of get, I started getting sucked into those, uh, that court, that dodgeball court. I'd go every Friday, every Friday night after work, I would take some buddies with me and we would just, I just had a blast. I had a great time. Um, you know, I, Andrew Ketchum, I would see him there a few times. My buddy, Jeremiah, um, who's involved in like the, the foam leak here in Arizona, he actually met him at Jump Street and we kind of connected through video games, started talking a little bit. And then he invited me out to um, NDO at the time, uh, which was a foam leak out in Phoenix. And that's kind of how I got introduced to dodgeball. Uh, it, was, it was like that moment at Jump Street being, you know, I think I was like 18, maybe 18, 19. Um, that's when he brought me out and played foam and I was like this is amazing like I didn't realize there was dodgeball outside of <laughs> elementary school you know so <laughs> it was it was really cool to to see that there's people my age and older um just having a good time out in Phoenix playing dodgeball so that pretty much answered my next follow-up question so safe to assume uh your first impression of dodgeball whether it be jump street or NDO I mean you were just hooked right away foam ball or cloth ball oh oh yeah I mean like I said I wasn't really athletic growing up so finding a sport that I was able to um kind of just hop in and 
you know, you, you learn the rules as you go because there, there are logistics about dodgeball that you do have to kind of learn going in, but like ball control and when when to throw, when not to throw. Um, but yeah, it's, it was it was just cool hopping in, but like, yo, I can actually I can throw, I can dodge, you know, I can kind of catch, and this is this is kind of my thing. Like, I feel comfortable playing, you know. <laughs> so I'm gonna kind of put you on the spot right now. Um, which ball type would you prefer, foam or cloth? Oh man. Well, first of all, uh, those jump street balls were nice when I played back in like high school, college, but <laughs> looking back at now, I, I hate cloth <laughs> personally. Um, I've not played, I don't think with real cloth balls in maybe a decade, <clears throat> excuse me, but I would definitely have to go with foam. Uh, but I would say no sting is a close second just because, uh, I just, I love no sting. <laughs> so, uh, you mentioned NDO, um, who are who are the people that kind of like took you in so to speak like who were those people that like looked after you were like your mentors who were you like your ogs that like helped your enjoyment and rather as well as your growth in foam uh, well i man now you're pulling names out of my mind from a long time ago uh let me see when i first went obviously jeremiah i met him at jump street so i kind of tagged along with him um, as I met more people though, as the, as the season started, I started getting talked to, um, and started forming and joining teams. I would say, uh, Dylan Clark, um, he's, you know, very good baseball player, very good dodgeball player. Um, and then a lot of that group of people, we got, um, Rachel, Joseph and Randy, and then, uh, Andrew Ketchum, I met shortly after as well. Uh, and that kind of was like our group of people. I know I'm probably missing a few, but, um, you know, obviously the community and the people I met, I, I pretty much was friends with everyone that was there, whether it was close, close relationship or just kind of like a distant acquaintance. Um, but yeah, man, it, it was, yeah, it's just a good time. <laughs> um, were you a drummer long before dodgeball? And if so, how long? Um, I would say about a year or two, because I started playing when I was 16. And that was when I actually just started working at Chick-fil-A. So I, th I would say about a year after working at Chick-fil-A, my buddy took me to Jump Street for the first time. So I'd say about a year, year and a half, I was playing drums. Um, so they kind of they kind of started at the same time. Oh, kind of started, uh, give or take? Yeah, I would say so. I, drums before dodgeball, but they, they both really started taking a toll on my shoulder <laughs> a few <laughs> years after. So, uh, Yeah, I could definitely say that. Um, mm -hmm. I did a little drum line in high school, and I can tell you that oh, – uh, yeah. Oh, well, just a little, not, not too, not too much to write home about, but just I yeah. did like a semester in drumline. And um, I cool. could say like, at least, at least standing up. Cause you don't have the, uh, what is it? The pedals, uh, the kick, the kick. Yeah. You yeah. don't have the kick. So it doesn't work your lower abdomen, like doing the drumline for a little bit. It does work out your shoulders and yeah. to some extent your upper back. So I could see that. Um, <laughs> did you have any influencers uh, in, in, do you have any, ah, I'm butchering this. No, you're good. Uh, who who were your influencers uh, <laughs> in in drums, like from bands that you looked up to that thought that made you think I should take this, you know, versus guitar, oh. bass, or lead vocals? Yeah, yeah, uh, kind of blast from the past, I guess. Um, let's see, drummers that influenced me. I know there's one that I uh, has, has influenced me for years now. It's Matt Garska. He plays in Animals as Leaders. Um, he's just. Uh, he, when it comes to his brain, he's just very, he's like the mastermind when it comes to drums. Like he can pretty much place a note wherever he wants to with whatever limb he wants to. It's, it's wild. Um, but really growing up, there's a band, August Burns Red. Mm. Their drummer, Matt Griner, is just very, very precise of what he does. And when he records music and he writes parts for songs, he's very, um, he's very precise in what he does. Like there's an intent for every single hit on the kit. <clears throat> excuse me um so i'd say matt grinder um another drummer adam gray he used to play for a band called texas in july um i would say those were a few matt garska um adam gray and matt grinder were three um drummers outside of the arizona area that i would say influenced me now there was one drummer or i guess i should say there is because i still watch his videos and follow what he's doing um his name's luke holland and he's actually from the Peoria area and he just kind of blew up on YouTube, but he, I mean, at such a young age, he started doing, I think he was involved in drumline, um, you know, doing the snare and whatnot, and then took it to the kit and he's just, he, he kind of blossomed very fast on YouTube 
and just to kind of watch his growth inspired me to want to, you know, join bands and try to push myself. Um, yeah, I, I'm probably missing a few, but you know, those were like the, the, the main ones growing up. And, um, well, I mean, you, you said you started dodgeball and, and drumming roughly give or take a year apart. Um, when did the band, uh, archetypes collide come together? So that, so technically uh, if, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I was going to say, and how long <laughs> was your relationship with those guys prior to forming? Good question. So I can kind of, if you want me to segue into how archetypes collide started, or if you had other, uh, questions, it kind of, kind of goes hand in hand with how we met and how we kind of started, I guess, if that makes sense. Oh, go for the segue, go for it. So, um, after Chick-fil-A, I got hired at a grocery store. It's like a just locally uh, family-owned grocery store. And I think it was my first semester or maybe second, I forget, at a community college. I was working one night and I got a text from a guy who went to my high school. It was like, hey, my, uh, my little brother knows your little brother. And he said, you play drums. Would you like to meet tonight at Taco Bell at 9 p.m.? I'm like, this is what? Like, this is so random. Like, I've been playing drums for maybe three years at this point, I think. Um, and I was like, okay, what the heck? Like, I want to, if I'm playing drums, I want to play and have a purpose behind it, you know? So I was like, let's, let's see what these guys got, you know? So, um, I met up, it was, uh, a guy named Nate and then Kyle, who's, uh, the vocalist now they were both vocalists and they wanted to do like a, a, a dual, like a duo, um, a duo vocal band. I, I don't know how you, what you would call it, but, uh, dual vocals, we'll say that. Yeah. So it essentially started with us three. Um, once we met up that night at Taco Bell, we found a fourth guy. His name was um, Cesar. He could play bass, guitar, all that fun stuff. We went through a million guitarists, um, a bunch of people. <clears throat> and eventually, uh, Nate left the band, and it was just me, Kyle, and Cesar. And we ended up forming Archetypes Collide with an official name. Before Archetypes Collide, we did have an unofficial name that was just kind of like, uh, it was just a name we created, but uh, it was called Closer Than They Appear pretty much like on the side of your mirror you'll see like objects in the mirror are closer than they appear and we're like Love you know if people are driving they'll see that they might put on the music that was the thought behind the band name but that didn't stick so <laughs> um <laughs> essentially archetypes collide was formed with um kyle myself and cesar and then we released our first ep in 2014 with just us three so cesar did all the guitar all the bass kyle did vocals and then i did drums on it um and then we really, we didn't start doing shows till I think 2016 because we had to find some guitarists. So, oh, so within a, yeah, sorry. So within a two year gap, um, you released your <clears throat> debut EP. Uh, how did it feel like having that officially release? I mean, granted, you didn't play any live venues till 2016, but how did it right. feel having your work in CD form or downloadable form, like just knowing that it's out there? How did that feel for you? It was very rewarding, you know putting the time into practicing an instrument and then able to put it onto <clears throat> put into a workspace to combine with other instruments to create, you know, a masterpiece of music. Not that it's a masterpiece because looking back at it, it's, you know, whatever, um, <laughs> you know, stuff can be cringy and uh, you know, old stuff is just good to look at and to show a reminder of where you, what, like what you've come from, where you've come from. Um, but it's really, it, Honestly, it's just, it was rewarding seeing the first four song EP we had come to fruition and releasing it onto Spotify, iTunes. Um, we even built, um, we paid someone for a lyric video and um, all this different stuff. It, it was, it was cool. And that kind of honestly lit a fire inside me to just to, to keep going, you know? <laughs> no, I definitely know what you mean. Um, just coming from a personal perspective, my first interview last year, was like once I once I saw it once it was uploaded once it was released I was just like you I was like very invigorated very like just like ready ready to go ready to run with it more but I mean looking back on it now obviously there were some parts where I sound a little cringy but part <laughs> of that and I'm pretty sure you can relate part of it was just in the excitement of working on it 100%. and the more you the more you upload the more you drop um well, in your case, albums, EPs, my case, episodes, Yeah. Uh, the more polished you sound. And you're always going to look at that first one as like, yo, this is, a, this is the one that kicked off for me. And, you know, the process between dropping each episode, dropping each 
EP. I'm sure you're more polished in it now than you were back in 2014. And um, even though you look back on it with such cringe, there's something about the beauty in the first time you drop something that it's always going to stick with you. And it sounded like it resonated very heavily with you. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, that's like you said, for your podcast or whatever people, whatever their endeavor is, um, you know, I, I, I always tell people, if you're going to start something, just do it. Because in five, six, 10 years, you're going to look back at when you started, you're going to say, oh my gosh, like, you know, whatever we did back then, like that's, it was so bad, but look where you're at now. And it, you can kind of look back at those things and really, um, you can learn and grow from the mistakes you may have made or things that you did wrong back then. And you, you have a, then a polished product that you can be proud of in the future um, that you just don't see it, but all that hard work eventually pays off to, to, you know showcase what you can do now so definitely with podcasts music um you know while you look back and think oh gosh you know i can't believe we, re re we released this why did it shows where you've come from and i think it's 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 very good uh that's a solid message right there for anyone listening who's on the fence at joining the band starting a podcast or just content creating in general you're where are you going to start and where are you going to be say five months six months two years, three years, it's going to be vastly different. There's going to be growth. There's going to be, you know, dare I say growing pains, but um, <laughs> don't be afraid to start because I promise you the, like me and Tyler kind of alluded to, the, the, you can only go up. Right. Once you start from the beginning, you can only go up and your growth will be exponential and your product will be more polished the more you continue. So don't, don't be afraid to jump in, so to speak. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so um let's get kind of get back into dodgeball um yeah how how long did you play with that uh sore or damaged shoulder until you realized enough was enough honestly the first i would say the first year or two of dodgeball was was great um i was more so sore than i was hurting but then there came to a point and let me preface all this by saying i threw wrong for so long and didn't correct it so that's a big reason of why um I kind of regret not changing the way I threw um, because I am, I'm, I'm a, I'm a taller guy. I'm six, five. So when I throw at people, I come, I, I always came from like a seven foot range just because my arm was always above my head. It wasn't, it wasn't at a, you know, a healthy angle, I would say. Mm -hmm. um, so I just didn't take care of my shoulder. Um, so it did start hurting within a few years of playing dodgeball. And uh, once I started realizing that I was really trying to push myself to keep going. Cause I, you know, I was in denial. I didn't want to stop playing dodgeball because I loved it. But after, you know, I would play, I, I used to play three times a week and I eventually weeded down to two. And then I got, you know, up to one day a week. And I was just like, yo, this is like, this hurt is lasting a week. And it's, <laughs> I'm not able to practice drums at home to my full extent because my shoulder's just hurting, you know, three or four days after I play um, I, even going to last week my shoulder right now is it's, it's still hurting a little bit and there's open gym tonight. <laughs> so, uh, it, it was a bummer, but you know, you just, you, you enjoy the moments you get with it. And then if I can go back, I can, but if not, it's, it's not gonna be end of the world, you know? I mean, that, that's a very mature and positive perspective. And obviously hindsight is twenty twenty. If you were to refine your technique, you'd yeah. still be playing, but because of this podcast, because of the music that you provided for the podcast, which I can't thank you enough, you're still a part of it. And thank you. based on some of the feedback I've got, people still remember you. So wow. if, if any fear you have about not being remembered or not being a part of the community, let me just say, man to man, those fears should be squashed. You're remembered. I reached out to you because of that, not just because of the music. I appreciate it, man. And it's, you know, thank you for showcasing your music on here. Cause it's nothing that I even expected. So when you guys hit me up I was like, yeah, like that's amazing. Like that's super cool. Like keep pushing it, you know? Um, and I just started getting a podcast this past year or so. And it's cool to see you guys are doing a dodgeball podcast. I think that's super healthy for the sport. Um, so it's exciting to see that happen. <laughs> Thanks. That's a nice uh, segue into my next question. Um, like I said before, uh, you've been a part of this podcast officially unofficially since season three uh how did it feel like when you were approached to to be asked rather uh to have your music be a part of the intro and outro of every episode i mean it caught me off guard i'll be honest i think it was 
I want to say white. <coughs> Sorry, I think it was white noise. Because um, I think I, I believe it was Steve that messaged me on Facebook. Yep. Um, he was like, "Hey, man, like I'm loving your music. I like what you're putting out. Do you think we could use this? Um, you know, we don't want to get like copyright issues or anything. Could we use this in the beginning of the podcast?" I'm just like, uh, I mean. I have no problem with that. We have no label. We have no people who are, you know, over us that take care of that kind of stuff. So sure. Like that's amazing, you know, and it's super cool that we could be involved in that aspect because yeah, the other guys don't really play dodgeball, but I had such, I mean, not, I wouldn't say such a long time, but you know, I had a good four, three or four, maybe five years on and off playing dodgeball. And so the fact that I was able to be still a part of dodgeball without actually playing dodgeball was really unique. I thought. <laughs> yeah. And I can say since season three on, um, the music has always added a kick to every episode, whether it's been an interview, it, whether it's been a recap, it's always added that extra kick. Like, Oh, you're about to be in for it now. You know, stay tuned. <laughs> so, I love it. <laughs> I mean, it, it is what it is. I mean, I'm, I'm just going to say it like um, ever since I've been, it's, it's kind of funny because I hopped on the podcast season three. Mm-hmm. as like like the behind the scenes kind of guy yeah and um it, it's kind of weird like we, we both kind of been a part of it roughly around the same time so mm-hmm. anytime like i hear an episode prior to its release it's like okay we're about to hear this 20 25 second clip of just like gnarly sounds and it's just <laughs> all right you know we in for it now you know the same yeah. like a normal podcast we're in <laughs> for it you know what i mean <laughs> gotta get started hot up. Oh, yeah. oh, for sure. And <laughs> it definitely the drums. It's a drums for me. Uh, <laughs> I'm my man. <laughs> I respect that. I respect that. Thank you. Yeah, man. So um, I just wanted to share something with you. Uh, mm-hmm. Since season four, uh, we've expanded uh, globally. So people have been listening all over the world, be it the UK, be it Canada. Mm-hmm. They're going to know you now. And I like to think that you sharing your story here, talking about your band, talking about your dodgeball, people are going to look you up at Archetypes Collide. So I want you to kind of like just use this as time to just plug in all your socials, all your, you know, your YouTube, your Facebook, how can we reach you? How can we support you? How can we, you know, hear your music, download? Yeah. Um, I mean, we're on all socials, but we're on Facebook, Instagram, uh, I think we're on Twitter. I'm not on Twitter anymore, but um, you can pretty much reach us any social media platform. Just type in Archetypes Collide. Um, we're on Spotify and iTunes. We have a bunch of music videos on YouTube as well with our YouTube channel just being Archetypes Collide. Um, you know, if, if you enjoy the music, um, feel free to message us. Let us know. We really love, um, you know, it's one thing to post a song and to see responses and comments and stuff, but it's another thing when people reach out to us personally and say, hey, I was going through this or I heard this song when I was going through this and it just, it, it really changed my aspect in my, in my mood. So I appreciate that. And that kind of stuff is just, you know, it, it makes you stop for a second to think, Holy crap, what we were doing is literally impacting people. And, and you don't realize that stuff because if, if no one reaches out, you really don't know what you're doing. So it, it's really important for people to, you know, like this podcast, if people are enjoying this podcast to reach out and say, Hey guys, love last episode, keep doing what you're doing. You know, that those little, words of encouragement are, are huge for content creators or, you know, musicians, bands, you know, YouTubers, anyone really. Um, so yeah, I kind of went on a little bit long for that, but you know, socials just type in our band name. It, it should, it should come up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much they're on uh, and I could say this personally, they're on Facebook, they're on YouTube, they're on Instagram. I'm not Try on Twitter post. either. <clears throat> oh Yeah. I'm not on Twitter either. So I can, <laughs> it's, I'm on too much and I'm <laughs> at an age now where it's like, I'm on TikTok and I don't know how to make a TikTok. I just w- watch funny videos. <laughs> I, I love I mean, TikTok. <laughs> I mean, same, but it's like, you're not going to expect me anytime soon to make a video simply because I don't know how it works. <laughs> yeah, it's it, man. The, the algorithm on TikTok's like, it's just wild. It, I just don't understand it. So for anyone who, uh, who hasn't heard your music, how would, would you, would you say your music is more like Blink-182, more like Depeche Mode? Like how can we... If you were to say we sound kind of like, but we're not like, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. What, what bands come to mind? Um, well, funny you say that. Um, I'll say we're similar to, not similar, but we sound like, oh, this is a tough question, actually. 
hard hitting. Yeah, hard hitting. We're, we're metalcore, but we also write songs that are like um, they're just catchy and melodic. Like our newest song we dropped is called Above It All. It's not even like a heavy song. There's no breakdown in it. It's just a, a hard hitting melodic. I would almost call it like EDM rock. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's so hard hitting in your face. There's so much bass to it. Um, and there's actually a really cool music video for it, too, if you guys want to check it out. But, uh, yeah, I would just say we're metalcore, hard rock, um, very, very in-your-face, catchy, catchy chorus band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say that. Uh, for me, um, this is coming from a perspective of a fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some songs where you kind of remind me of, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with this band, Puddle of Mud. I've heard of them. I've, I'll, you know, I'll probably get flack for this, but I've not really listened to them. Okay. Uh, well, they're kind of like heavy, heavy hardcore. Um, mm-hmm. There's some parts or some songs where you kind of sound like old school 311, some 41. Yeah. So Love I could it. definitely give that. Um, and then you do have this like 80s theme and it's kind of hard to like pinpoint um, which band in the 80s, but there's some sound, there's some tracks you guys have where you guys have that 80s synth and it's like, you guys are musically diverse. And I feel like if anyone listens to, let's say five tracks, five random tracks, mm-hmm people are going to find people are going to identify with one, if not all of them because of the diversity you guys provide. So I will say you guys are, um, even though you guys do have some similarities to bands that I, I know of, um, you guys are very unique in your sound and that it never really sounds the same more than once. Um, well, that's, well, thank you. I mean, that means a lot. Cause that's kind of like the, like what we're going for. Um, actually the, like the, the definition behind our name archetypes collide. Um, we actually get a question a lot like what the heck does that even mean like well that's such a random name um but archetypes collide essentially it's uh like an archetype is the original of what copy like um let me see here let me actually pull it up before i butcher this (laughs) um archetype so the original model from which something is developed or made um so we like to think archetypes collide we're taking you know each genre whether it's like rock rap metal um r&b pop whatever it might be we're trying to add little elements of that into our songs to where the all these archetypes like all these genres we'll say are kind of colliding into our songs here and there so um like your misery it's a uh, straight just a metalcore song that's a heavy song you know above it all that's got more of like your edm synth rock in it uh, we have a song called revival that has you know he start he raps in it a little bit which it, it worked it was cool um but behind you know behind the band name that's essentially what it what it means just add some context behind it yeah it, it, that definitely makes sense um <laughs> so uh yeah i mean just to anyone just take a listen i promise you you will not be disappointed and the diversity is there for sure so um wanted to kind of get back into dodgeball uh yeah. before before any um tournament or any time you played whether it be indio uh was it street city street city the 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 trampoline park you said oh jump street jump street sorry <laughs> sorry i got thrown <laughs> off real quick <laughs> so whether it was indio jump street or any competitive foam cloth or whatever you played uh was there any music uh you listened to prior to playing um uh, what, you mean like music I listened to before playing dodgeball or? Yeah, yeah, before playing dodgeball, like your pregame playlist. Oh, what's actually funny about that is uh, my buddy Jeremiah and I, we would, um, <clears throat> when driving to dodgeball, we pretty much plug in my iPhone or whatever I was listening to. And it was always uh, Beartooth. Their first album they released, Bear, um, I think it's called Sick and Disgusting. Uh, we would jam that all the way through. And Jeremiah would listen to that album every single time we drive out. And so that was kind of like our, our pregame music before we got, uh, cause dodgeball, they always played like pop and what was popular um, yeah. like the radio stuff. So we'd always get pumped up with, you know, have heavier, heavier jams. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Any, any dodgeball tournament outside of elite, um, you always hear music, sometimes, mm-hmm. Kesha, sometimes Kylie Minogue, just something like upbeat poppy. Kind yeah. of thing. You're not going to hear music like, <laughs> or in my case, Metallica, Pantera, um, <laughs> right. uh, Nine Inch Nails. You're not going to hear any of that, but yeah, unless you're listening to my headphones, but that's beside the point. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'd be in your headphones. <laughs> <laughs> so um, outside of pregame playlists, do you have any uh, pregame rituals, like a certain route you take, a certain snack you have, a warm-up you would do? Um, 
Oh, that was probably another problem is I didn't warm up properly. Um, so <laughs> I probably should have formed some better habits <laughs> beforehand. Um, <laughs> but besides that, I think we always would hit up. There was a gas station. I think it maybe it might've been a cutesy. It's like I said, it's a little foggy. It's been so long. Um, I would try and I think get like a Gatorade or like, like beef jerky or some kind of snack beforehand. Um, but nothing that was like consistent, you know, it was like, Hey, are we filling snacks and a drink before dodgeball? Sure. All right, let's go grab it. You know, um, nothing I did. That was really crazy before, before games or open gyms. <laughs> All right. So, um, before we get into the crowdsource questions, uh, I know I touched on it earlier, earlier today that, um, sometimes like, you know, bands will have funny road stories and sometimes mm-hmm. dodgeball players will have funny carpool stories. Is there any like funny carpool stories you have, whether it be with, you know, former teammates or other dodgeball players that you'd like to share and kind of kick us off with a laugh before we hit the Q and a, Oh man. Um, <laughs> trying to pull from the brain bank, but who knows if I'm going to find anything. Cause I, I have traveled to San Diego and Vegas. Um, just trying to think of anything that's stuck in my brain though. I know I had a lot of good fun with the people I've traveled with, um, whether it was for, for foam or I know I traveled for 8.5, I think for, uh, for one game out in LA, I believe, or Orange County. Mm. Um, but I, I, one, I mean, one memory that sticks with me is when I stayed with uh, Andrew Ketchum's parents, all of us stayed at the house before the tournament. Um, woke up with some breakfast, you know, just hanging out, laughing, uh, fueled getting ready to play some dodgeball. So I, that's, that's not a, really a funny memory, but it's a good memory of driving out there to California, staying with his parents, and then all of us going to the game. Um, was just a good solid memory I have from back when I actually played. <laughs> so the Ketchum family were very uh, hospitable. Very, very much so. Ten out of ten would recommend. Got it. Um, <laughs> ten out of ten would recommend to a friend. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're gonna find stories like that, uh, and this to the listeners, you're gonna find stories like that consistent. Um, whenever a new dodgeball player comes into a town, um, most often than not, you're gonna find them willing to offer a couch, offer a room, and in this case, offer a bed and breakfast (laughs) prior to a tournament. So it's safe to assume that whether you're playing here, the UK, France, or whatever, the culture in itself is very consistent, regardless of the language. (laughs) It is. Really, community is everything in dodgeball, and that's that's, it's shown whenever you play. So So we're going to get into the crowdsource questions. Of course. And first one, start with uh, Nicholas Factorin. He puts out a... German flag and meat emoji. So he <laughs> just wanted to plug that you were on German meat. Yes. Uh, it was. Yeah. Uh, let me see if I can remember the whole team for sky zone. Um, so it was Nick, myself, Andrew Ketchum, Tyler Greer, and uh, Radke. What's his first name? Eric. Eric. Yes. I believe. Was he on Doom? He for, was on Doom, but for sky zone. Early. He- yeah, he was on he was on Doom, but he also um, I guess on trampoline he played for German Meat. Gotcha. And I, he want, I want to say he played for another team as well. Um, but yeah, he was on German Meat during that time. I want to say. Yeah. So yeah, Nick was right on point. German Meat. Um, that was one of the coolest experiences in dodgeball I've ever had. Actually, just because I hadn't played with them prior, I had never played with Radke or uh, Greer before. Um, I had played with Nick before and Andrew. But being able to just, you know, go out to Vegas and play with these guys day one, having to practice before actually getting into the tournament, uh, it was cool getting to know them and play with them. So, yeah, German meat, baby, all day. <laughs> still got the so, jersey. You still got the jersey? It's 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 too small for me now because um, I think I got a large back in the day, but it's it's up with, like, my band tees and stuff like that. <laughs> okay, I was about to say, does it still fit? <laughs> I can I can maybe find it and put it on, take a, take a photo or something to see. <laughs> Uh, so the reason I asked that is because um, I had an interview with a good friend of mine, Brett Cobble. Um, mm-hmm. It's in the archives in season five, where mm-hmm. I asked him if his meat jersey still fits. And he sarcastically remarked, that's not important. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Mine doesn't fit just because I got too small. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> no, nah, I mean, if anyone here is right <laughs> with me and Brett Cobble, um, it just highlights how sarcastic we are with each other. So I knew I was expecting a, a non-serious response. I just I wanted it. to piggyback off of that and see if you were going to hit me with a jab or two. No, not at all. No. <laughs> oh, no, no. I'm saying hit me with a jab if you feel like it, <laughs> but I'm just saying. <laughs> no, I, 
No, maybe if it was in person, but I don't know. <laughs> I'll hold you to that. All right, um, sounds good. <laughs> all right, so German meet the vibes. Got it. Uh, this vibes. is a question I threw in. What is a common trait you notice in bands and dodgeball teams? Teamwork, 100%. Teamwork and communication, if that counts as one answer. <laughs> um, you know, dodgeball, you, you, you have to communicate with your team. You won't be successful if you don't communicate. Also practicing with the people who you play with. And that could honestly go universal between dodgeball and bands. Um, obviously, those are very, very important traits for both, especially in bands too. You know, if you don't practice with your teammates and you play a show, you're not going to perform very well. In dodgeball, if you don't practice with your teammates before the tournament, you're not going to perform well at all. So, Yeah, that is true. Um, yeah. As someone who's done several sound checks, I can recall several times where me not knowing the band, I could tell something would sound off every now and Oof. then. Yeah, <laughs> and that's always I, that's always rough <laughs> yeah i could i could feel the cringe in your voice when you said that so get that um, secondhand embarrassment <laughs> it's bad oh yeah i mean i might not know all the bands i do sound checks with but whenever i you it, it's one of those things from my end and i'm sure it's from your end mm-hmm. when you hear something off key you just know it and you yep. almost can tell right away who's off key versus the group itself Man, it hits you in your soul when you feel it. You're just like, I don't know who's doing that or what it is, but I just I felt that in my entire being. So, oh, wait, no, the problem so- is, the problem is, I feel it and I know where it's coming from. Oh. <laughs> I love music. I'm yeah. not a musician, but I love music. So it's like nine times out of ten, I can tell where it's coming from, but I'm not mm-hmm. in the band, so I can't really say anything. I'm just there, like, okay, uh, yeah, this sounds yeah. good. This sounds good. You might yeah. want to fix that. I'm just doing the sound check for your playlist tonight. <laughs> kind of hint at it like this is what's going on fix it please figure out what's going on come on all right so my next question i threw in any talented musicians you know of in the dodgeball community we should know about yo i'll be honest i'm not even sure um i've kind of not fallen out of touch with people but i just don't follow as closely with a lot of the dodgeball people nowadays um i also don't know if any of them are musicians Maybe you could tell me about some that are musicians. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird because it's like, at the moment I asked that question, I'm like, who do I know that plays like legit? So I know David Tate's, mm-hmm. um, AKA mm-hmm. Nine Fingers, who lives out in Sacramento, but used to live in LA. He, he's a, he, he, he raps, but he also sings. Uh, so he, he also has his own musical diversity. Um, okay. Other than that, like I'm really struggling to think of, and I'm pretty sure like it'll come to me after we're done recording. Um, because outside of you and Tate's, I don't know who else like does music like that consistently. But I I know like once I hit once we hit stop, I'm gonna be like, oh, I can't believe I forgot it. I feel like a dunce. Right. No, that's how that's how it is with interviews though. Sometimes you just like put on the spot, I'll forget things, and then afterwards I'm like, crap, I should have said this. And I mean, there's no do over, so it is what it is. But uh, yeah, nothing's popping in my head right, right. now, unfortunately. <laughs> okay, so this one's a fun one. Um, OG Nate Evans, how does it feel carrying Dylan Clark Odin all those times you played together? <laughs> Um, you know, it feels great. I mean, Dylan's kind of a chump and no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I, so Nate, Nate's, a, Nate's an amazing dude. Um, I need to play dodgeball with Nate and Dylan ASAP because neither of them were there when I played uh, last week. Mm. But uh, yeah, it's cool. I kind of watched Dylan. Um, you know, he's always been a, I would say a threat in dodgeball, uh, whether I'm playing, you know, against him or with him just because he's just an all around great player, great catcher, thrower, um, a great teammate. So as, as joking as, uh, Nate put it, you know, Dylan's always been a great teammate to me, um, on and off the court. So a little shout out to Dylan Clark there. <laughs> oh, let's not shut him out. He's a, he's a dot. Uh, he's a giants fan. I mean, oh, yeah, true. <laughs> that ego. Let's put down that ego. Let's just stuff let's, it away. <laughs> let's, just, let's just stuff it away. He's a cool dude, but bro, you a giants fan. Where giants are you fan, come, come on, bro. <laughs> so i kind of want to get into the comments um dylan clark odin says nate evans we only played dodgeball together once but he carried me in guitar hero you play guitar, guitar hero? hero why am i blanking on that now 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 i feel stupid um I, yes i i i do play guitar hero uh i mean i did uh yeah i didn't play at sky zone i didn't play did i play in new breed i think i did 
you might have been on one roster with them because I remember you, Kyle Montero, Isaac Perez, Randy Hoge. You have an amazing memory. Or maybe you just did some I'd be digging. surprised with all the headshots <laughs> I've taken. My goodness. <laughs> uh, yeah, so when it comes to Guitar Hero, I I don't really remember Guitar Hero unless he has a story for that and I'm just missing on it. But uh, uh, technically, like the open gyms is what I think about when I think of Dylan because we didn't play on too many teams together. Right. Um, <laughs> but I know when we did, I think it was, again, very foggy. This is probably incorrect. Um, I think I was on New Breed with him and like Santi, like the traveling foam team I think we were on. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the one time we actually played together as like on the same team competitively. Uh, again, I could be wrong, but that's what my, my brain is telling me. So, <laughs> so I guess I should reach out to Dylan and ask when you guys played guitar hero. Yes. Cause I would love to find that out. Cause I <laughs> totally forgot. Uh, Nate Evans sky zone was the only time I didn't know that Dylan Clark Odin, not even sky zone, Nate Evans. He was on your qualifying team the year you won Oh, the year we won Peoria. That's what I was remembering. So Nate Evans was also a new breed. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, I played with Nate a few times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. It's sometimes, it's a comment section for me, man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it can get pretty rowdy, man. Same with just Facebook in general. <clears throat> oh, sure. Do- Dodgeball on Facebook plus the comments. You're going to laugh for sure. Mm-hmm. Um it's going to be a tough one, a tough task to ask, but I, the final question I ask, any fun memories you got with any uh, any Arizona dodgeball OGs? So I'm going to list one. I'm going to name one player, and it's probably going to be digging in your memory banks because that's the theme of this episode. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> any fun memories you have with Alan Stott? Uh, let's see. I know I played against him when they did the rubber league <clears throat> out here in Arizona. Um always intimidating player to play against. He's got a, a wicked throw an 8.5. Um, but specific memories outside dodgeball. I, I'm going to kind of kind of a rabbit show, a rabbit trail real quick, even in school and stuff. I didn't really hang out with people too much outside of my studies or sports or anything like that. So when I have memories with people like Alan, I think of playing across from him because during those tournaments and during foam, I would always play directly across from him. So we were always the ones going at each other. And so I just remembered we would always have very good uh, one-on-ones when it comes to throwing, dodging, and just kind of getting, getting at each other. Um, Alan's, Alan's a great player. And I would say I just have good memories of going up against him. And most of the time he would get me out just because he is a better player. But uh, uh, I would say those are the good memories I have. Most what, about Steve, what about Steve Damon? I, I would say the same thing, honestly, on the, on the court. I don't think, I don't think we hung out. And again, Steve, if you're, I mean, you will be listening to this. So again, if, if I'm missing something, I apologize. It has been a while. Um, but again, just on the court, just, you know, play, I think I played with him and against him and like, you know, he's a very, very level-headed player, very nice dude. Um, and just a great dodgeball player in general. Um, and a good teammate, but nothing outside of the court. Unfortunately, I feel like that's such a lame answer, but (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the amount of partying you guys do out in Arizona, I'm pretty sure you can come up with something after we stop recording. Oh yeah, I guess, you know, I guess we went to the the bars a few times after dodgeball, but even that, I, like I said, it's it's all, it's foggy for me. My my brain's just kind of sucks. I'll be honest. (laughs) I can't remember from lunch from last week, you know? (laughs) Oh, geez. Well, I mean, it's I can't bad. really talk. I mean, I can remember dodgeball rosters from like six, seven years ago. But when what? if you were to ask me what I had last week, I probably would blank. <laughs> that's that's so crazy you say that because I can't. I even teammate like teammates I've played with back in the day. Uh, I get like I forget who was on my team. Like even my own team for Goon Squad for uh, uh, for NDO. I I ran my own team. I was captain for a few seasons. There's sometimes I for, I just forget people that were on the team and i do this for everything like even my wedding i forgot who was at my wedding like just different random <laughs> things like that my brain's just like all right memory gone we don't need to remember that let's let's keep the important things in i'm like bruh i need these <laughs> please <laughs> work with me how, how so, do you forget how do you forget your wedding dude that whole day is a blur <laughs> my wife and my my dad marrying us was all i really remember 
it's, I mean, it's bad. That, that, that should be what you remember, first and yeah. foremost. Um, Obviously, you should... about, you know, my family and stuff, but it's bad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then we kind of touched on it before. Like, I know we had met before. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were kind of discussing before we, uh, we recorded, like, did I meet you in Anaheim? Did I meet you in Arizona? But we came to the conclusion we met in San Diego. Because you yes. were part of Arizona Insanity with mm-hmm. Dylan and Santi. I think Randy Hoge was on that team. Yeah, it was actually – do you have a gray a gray jersey? I don't have a gray jersey, but I, I know you guys had a gray jersey with like a simple AZ Insanity print on it. Yep. Actually, I think that's hanging up in my closet right now, or it's put away with the German meat. But I definitely saw that shirt not too long ago. Um, yeah, I think that's where I met you too. That, it, that makes the most sense. Yeah, um, I was on a team with uh, Serge Ferrari, um, Corey Arandulez, Eric Jones, and oh, that wasn't Heat. No, no, it wasn't Heat. There was uh, no Heat team because Doom was. There was on no that. Heat back then. There was no Heat back then. It was just um, Doom. Foggy I remember the team was Doom, an LA-based team called Doctor Strangelove, LA Riot, uh, Showtime, Riot. San Diego Prime. My team, Bangarang. Uh, I'm missing two teams. That's literally the only thing. Well, I'm I'm still surprised you remembered like three of them. So good job. Touche, <laughs> <laughs> touche. Okay, so um, I'm gonna hit you in the gut with this one because I've been asking everyone in season five uh, the legacy question. Hey, you're game for it. You could tell you're a drummer. You're game for this. <laughs> <laughs> Just hit me with it. <laughs> So normally I ask people, how would you like to be remembered once you play your final game? Uh, but safe to assume you played your final competitive game. Um, so I want to ask this differently. How would you like to be remembered after you play your final game? And how would you like to be remembered as, as a musician? Um, to answer simply, and Andrew Ketchum will probably hate me for saying this because he always, you know, he's, he's a, he's a, he appreciates my little backhand I do, but he also gets after me for it, which I think is funny. Um, <laughs> I, I do this stupid little throw um, and I actually developed this throw because my shoulder was hurting and it didn't hurt my shoulder, but longevity wise, it probably ended up hurting my shoulder more, but I just ended up doing a, a um, like behind the back throw. So like my backhand, um, I always have people telling me about that throw and not to like toot my own horn, but how, you know, how fast and accurate it was. So that's one thing I kind of take a little pride in with how, you know, I, I use the backhand and I really enjoy just throwing like that. Cause it was just fun. Um, so if there's one thing for people to remember me by is just th- the way I threw, cause it was just so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, number one, catch him. I hope if you hear, I know you're going to hear this. So please, <laughs> please, please roast him in the comments. Once this please episode do. is aired, roast him. He deserved it. Uh, do it. Number two, I simply remember, and you kind of, you hinted at it before, you played with Reckless Abandon. I remember looking at that team in Arizona Insanity, um, Mm -hmm. thinking like, I know this person, I know that person, I know this person, I don't know you. I don't know you, you were tall, you were lanky. And I just remember like, yeah, I remember that, like, albeit very, very reckless overhand throw and how much problems it caused for my team at the time. But I also remember just shaking your hand and you were like, dude, that was a cool match. That was a cool match. Keep, you know, good luck. You were just saying that. And I didn't know if you were trying out for Team USA or not, um, like I was, but it really meant a lot that, you know, you you were just a good sport. And it was a it was a hard fought match. And I'm pretty sure I have it recorded somewhere. Uh I'll have to look at my hard drives because there's plenty of matches I haven't uploaded. But from a Dodgeball perspective, you're a really solid dude. From a musician perspective, and someone who's done sound checks for several bands here in LA, you're awesome, dude. I'm just gonna say it right now. Um, I one of the most tedious things about uploading or doing the podcast is editing, but I always Sorry. get an instant kick where I put your music in the beginning and the end. And it's yeah. like, okay, cool. It might be a tedious project, but I, I'm gonna listen to this song and then I'm gonna just <laughs> have fun with the editing because, like I said, it kickstarts every episode and it always ends every episode with a solid note. So from a musicianal, uh, musicianal, from a musician standpoint, um, yeah. I want to say you're awesome, man. Keep it up. I'm rooting, continuously rooting for you and Archetypes Collide. 
And I hope if anything, this episode brings to light is not how awesome you are, are as a player or were if, <laughs> if we're talking past tense, right. <laughs> how talented you are as a musician and how many people should know about you and your band and why it's such a pivotal part of every episode they listen to. So from the bottom of my heart, as a man, as a fan, as a fellow player, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to sharing your story. Thank you so much for the music you provided. As I know, I've appreciated it. I know Justin, who also does the guest hosting, uh, appreciates. And I know Steve, who reached out to you, appreciate it. Because if Steve reaches out to you about anything, it's because he knows you're going to make an impact if you say yes. So well, I, your impact I, is made and your legacy is cemented. Thank you so much. Uh, again, I appreciate you having me on here. And um, there's actually, a, you said my last competitive game. I, I, I want to try to get back to the dodgeball if possible, but it's more so of conditioning myself to do that process. Cause I'm not 21 anymore. You know, I'm almost 30 at this point. So it is, <laughs> I want to get back in if possible, if not, you know, at least, you know, I could have jumped on here with you um, just to talk about the story a little bit, you know, talk about dodgeball because we all want the sport to blow up, you know, whether we're playing or not, we want the sport to get bigger and bigger. Cause um, it's a, it's a, it's a wonderful sport with the great people. So the sport will blow up and your band will blow up. Trust me hey, when man. I say this. Let's get let's get them both going. <laughs> let's get them both going. Oh yeah. So before we uh, before we wrap up, um, I, I I took over for season five. Uh, me and Justin uh, took over hosting duties. And um, if there's anything you'd like to say to Steve, you know he's going to be listening. Just give that man a little shout out. Let him know we're thinking about him. Steve, my man. I hope you're well. It's been a while since we talked, but again, I appreciate you reaching out getting the music on the podcast. Uh, and it's been a pleasure being on the podcast. So I hope you're well, hope we can see you in person eventually. Um, but until then stay safe, brother. Stay safe. Stay safe. All right. And we will one. All right. And that was my interview with Tyler scatterbrain flam. <laughs> Thank you so much for hopping on and sharing with us your story. Um, and sharing with us your music has been, you know, which has been a part of our, this podcast for a long time immortalizing that so that people know a little bit about you and about your band and hoping that um, this helped you get your band some growth. And it was a true honor to have that. It was a podcast. I didn't know that needed to be done until fairly recently. So I'm glad that happened. And um, for anyone who wants to take a listen, the band is archetypes collide. I'll post the links in the, uh, in the description down below once this airs you can follow them on all social media platforms and i promise you you will not regret it um <laughs> and other than that uh i'll have more people on board uh, i'll announce my next guest which should be nate evans by next week uh, correction it will be next week um and steve we're still thinking about you hope you come home safe All right, guys, if you've listened up until this point, thank you so much. Have a wonderful day.